Ready, set, game cast. Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Ready, Set, Gamecast, a bi-weekly podcast about video games and the Teddy Chineris. I'm Bryce, and I'm joined by Teddy's good friend, Darian. Sup, dudes? Darian, what are your favorite things about Teddy Chineris? I'm so glad you asked, Bryce. So, Teddy Chineris is very knowledgeable about destiny and i like that because that means i don't have to know anything about destiny because teddy knows it all i also like how passionate he is about the things he cares about and he's a super friendly guy and even though sometimes he talks too much i love to do podcasts with him okay uh, what do you like about teddy i like how you dropped a dig in there I think he's very friendly and very funny, and he takes um, a people joking about him very well, um, and he's a good meme boy. And that's... Oh, and I do enjoy that he plays video games. Darian, do you play video games? I do occasionally play video games. What video games have you been playing? All right. Well, this week has been a bit light in the video game area. Um, I did play that League of Legends, um, specifically the game mode. Um, I've been calling it Air Earth, but I don't think that that's what people are calling it. It's all random Earth mode. Um, it's a lot of fun. You just get a random character, and Earth is ultra rapid fire. And it's great because... You just, you get a random character, and then the, the cooldowns are just non-existent, and mana's non-existent. It's great. The cooldowns are existent. It's 80% cooldown reduction, so there's a little bit, but it's really fun. Lots of spam. Errf. And I've also been playing PUBG, because they released Sandhawk, the new uh, mini royale map. That's 4x4 four four instead of 8x8. Eight um which is a lot of fun it's a cool map they have a new gun on it that replaces the scar um so i played a bunch of that and i've been playing skyrim and i'm honestly i've switched my playthrough from like trying to take it slow and do everything to like actually kind of trying to get done with the game for the first time because i want to replay it as a different race (laughs) because i realized about halfway through that there was definitely a better race that I could have chosen for the way I've been playing it. That's racist. It's racist. Skyrim is racist. It's not my fault. I picked <laughs> I picked based on looks, and <laughs> that just didn't give me any bon- benefits for the game, so I got to restart. Interesting how that works. It's not my fault. Anyway, Bryce, what have you been playing? Oh, also, I see in your list, so I should say, I've been playing a shit ton of Pokemon Go. But Bryce, <laughs> what have you been playing? I've been playing Pokemon Go. I got I got to watch the play Pokemon Go for me, so this is this is the new Bryce. 
Um, she's got a dumb thing that doesn't even show her anything. Hey, Darren. I have the official one. How So how does that one work? Does it just vibrate and you press the button and you don't really know what why it's vibrating? No, it's got different color indications to let you know. So like usually it'll blink blue. Oh, it looks white. But blue when there's a Pokestop. Okay. Green when it's a Pokemon you have caught in the past. And yellow when it's a Pokemon you haven't caught in the past. Oh, cool. And then it does red when you disconnect and stuff. Interesting. And then when you hit the button, it blinks. Um, it'll blink to indicate like, oh, it spun the Pokemon stops. And you'll get a notification of how many things you got at the Pokemon stop. Or Pokestop, sorry. Um, and then... And, and that, that's on your phone, not... That's it, on the phone, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then on the, uh, on the Pokemon, it'll indicate on the device as well as on your phone um, if you've caught it or not based on the, the colored indications. Because, like, if you catch something, if you do something successfully, it blinks multicolor, like, Ooh. six times, and it's really exciting and stuff. Um, but if you don't, it blinks red. Sad. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I got the unofficial Pokemon. I'm calling it the Gotcha. It's technically Go slash Chicha, but it's Gotcha. Um, and this one uh, does uh, all the same things as hers, but it'll do it automatically. So when I just am near a Pokestop, my watch will just. Or the gotcha will just spin it for me. I don't have to press anything or do anything. I'll just do it. Also, I can actually turn on the... I can tell it, like, you know, if I don't have many Pokeballs and I just want to focus on Pokestops, I can tell it, like, hey, only spin Pokestops. Or or even, like, um, only try and catch Pokemon I haven't... Uh, don't have in my Pokedex. Um, so then it, it allows you to kind of... Um, focus your efforts where you want so you could you know uh, when i'm low on pokeballs i'll turn off um catch all the pokemon and and have it just focus focus on spinning pokestops and catching pokemon i haven't seen um and yeah you can turn those on and off and uh uh it also like it has an inner the interface will tell me all those same things it'll also show on the screen uh how many things i got from the pokestops It'll, um, it's got little indicators to indicate if the Pokemon, uh, was caught or not. And, uh, um, also when I, when I have the catching, the, only catch the Pokemon I haven't seen before, it'll still, like, show me if a, if a Pokemon nearby is, um, is one I've seen in my Pokedex. It won't show me, like, what it is. It'll just be like, this is one you have already. And if I, like, feel so inclined, I can tap it, and then it will do try and catch it. Um, so it's nice. It's, re it's really good for driving. So that, like, like if when I... It makes, like, farming uh, Pokestops way easier because my town doesn't have near as many as, like, Darien's does. Where I can just kind of drive... Uh, down Main Street and, and focus on my driving because I'm a safe driver. I'll leave a car length behind, uh, between me and the car, car head. Give me plenty of room to stop. 
slowly approach the stop sign, make sure and look left both ways. I'm not on my phone swiping the deal. I got my I got my watch to do that now. Um, so I've been out more. I've uh, been doing some raids. Um, I was actually super cool. Like I had just gone. Um, I had just left uh, Wendy's after getting off work. Got some food. And the I I was like trying to find like a a small raid to do, um before I headed home and I I saw on my map there was a raid I didn't even look at like this egg or the stars or anything I was just like oh this one church is uh, is about to, uh have a raid and I go over there, and then there's like, three people kind of sitting in front of the church. And I see, and and then I see it. It's a five. It's a legendary for the regicide, regicide. Yeah, that one. Um, and then like, I was I was just gonna like send my car and wait for them to join. Um, we would have needed a lot of people, uh, but I was like, oh, I'll just wait for them to join. And like, I was looking on the screen, and um. Then it took a while, so I just, like, got out of my car and went over to them, and we're like, are you guys here for the raid? Because <laughs> that would have been weird if they were just sitting there, <laughs> and I'm waiting on them. And they're like, yeah. And uh, then they're like, oh, we're waiting on more people. And then before I know it, like, I look over onto the street, and there's, like, six or seven cars that have just, like, surrounded this church. And, like... But like sixteen people ended up uh, doing the raid that I just oh, happened to like nice. stumble upon. It was very cool. Like obviously, so like so you got a Reggie Ice today. Uh, I I defeated it, but I wasn't able to catch it. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the last raid I did with the Reggie Ice, I had I had a friend bring like four people with him to my place of work because it's a gym, and. Uh, we were there was uh there was like five percent health left and uh, we we couldn't do it. I was so bummed. Yeah, I feel like five. It was be six total. So there was seven accounts okay. doing it, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's not enough. Like it's not enough. It was really close. Now I have an alt account because I'm a <sighs> cheater like that, and so because Yuri has <laughs> an alt account, and I was like. Oh, I if Yuri does that. it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd never thought about it, but I was like, I have an iPad that I bring with me everywhere. Like, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my God. So I have an alt account now. <laughs> is it is it at least on the blue team? Oh, duh. Okay, good. So my main account is Dexterity, and my alt account is Dumb. Like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I, I forget that you're on the blue team because uh, Becker's is on Instinct. So I was like, I know somebody I do a podcast with is is on the bad team. <laughs> it's, it, it's Teddy. Yeah, it's Teddy. Why? Why you gotta be? <laughs> I imagine Teddy probably played. I don't even know if Teddy even got far enough. Like he he definitely got the app and and probably played a little bit. But oh yeah, I'm sure he downloaded it and played it when the hype was real. But I, I'm sure he fell off pretty quick. Want, That's not really his jam. I'm wondering if he got to the point to pick a team or if he dropped off before then. You, that takes no time. Yeah, I mean, I got my team in like half an hour of playing it on my alt account. Like, it takes no time if you're actually like actively playing it. It it also depends on where you are. Like, 
freaking my yeah teddy's in a more populated yeah. area than i am so i feel like it takes even less time my my town freaking had no pokemon when the f- game first came out yikes it is good that teddy isn't here or else he'd just be rolling his eyes at all this yeah he um, would so there's the cool thing about my place of residence i can open the game at any moment and there's like Five to fifteen Pokemon just chilling outside my apartment building. Uh, there's a, usually about three to five uh, here, which is nice because my old house, nothing ever spawned there. There was actually a Pokestop within like two minute walking distance um, from oh, me, but nothing, nice. nothing spawned at my house. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, and I was like, I don't want to walk over there. And it's not like <laughs> something I can hit from the street. It was just like oh, just far enough work. off off the like street that you couldn't hit it. So it's like, uh, mm. um, there's some cool stuff going on in Pokemon Go that we'll talk about later. But I have been playing Hands of Fate too. I streamed a little bit of it. Uh, I played the original Hands of Fate. I got it from Humble Bundle, and it was very cool. Um, it, it was, like, very simple. Uh, the original was just kind of focused on your standard card deck. Uh, you know, you'd have your jacks, kings, queens, you'd have, and, and you'd have, uh, I remember, like, clubs is obvious that if you landed on five of clubs, you'd have to fight five guys who had kind of, like, club items. I feel like s- spades was, like, sword guys and stuff. I know one of them was lizards. I don't know what... <laughs> Which one, which suit best represents lizards, but maybe that's spades? Like, I don't know, scales? Like, maybe instead of spades, there were scales, the mm. like five of scales. Um, and then there was also, like, it was like a roguelike, and you also had to do, like, some kind of, um, like, it, each time you took a step, like, went to a new card, you used a little bit of your health or your food. Each each step took one food, so you had to try and like get more food. Which there were cards that like there was merchants. There was also like story cards, uh, where there'd be like an old lady who you could help, and maybe she would give you food. And you had to like pick, like they would give you like four cards, and one it it almost has like some D and D like elements to it instead of rolling mm-hmm. like a d20 you'd pick from one of the four cards and depending on how hard it is like maybe one of them would say success and the other three would say like failure or if it's something easy you might have like one failure two successes and one like very successful and mm-hmm. so, and then some like some card some of these story cards would have like a little token attached to them and if you succeed in the first step of the story like by getting the very successful uh, role, um, the story would continue, and the next time you get that token, and then the next time you land on that card, and the next time, uh, like you, you, you kind of like you know p- play the the maps over and over and encounter these cards several times, and so this next time you you encounter that card, like the story would continue, like so in like Hands of Fate two, um. I there's a arm wrestling um card that I'm encountering and the first time I landed on it, it was the 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 first round of the the arm wrestling and then I I had to beat that guy and then 
next time I, I landed on that card, it was round two. Uh, it, it, it got to be around three, and, like, the prizes went up as, as I did it. Round three, I ended up losing, and they were like, well, next time you land on this card, the, the competition will start anew. But there's also, like, really cool cards of, like, and so this is Hands of Fate 2, uh, Hand of Fate 2, um, that, so there's, there's, like, they added so many really cool things to Hand of Fate, um, for one, so there was, it was very story light in the first one, uh, there was some, like, vague, like, it almost felt like the dealer was kind of, like, the devil, like, the, the, you know, death, and you were playing for a chance to get your life back, um, and in the end, you ended up, uh, having to fight and defeat the, the dealer, and then, mm. and, and, and I was thinking, like, okay, now game ends, and I'm gonna get, like, a, here's what's, what's happening and stuff, but it just went to credits, so, oh, it was, no. yeah, so, I didn't really get, like, a satisfying, like, story from it, um, but what's interesting is Hand of Fate 2, it seems like you are, you have been recruited by the dealer, and he keeps talking about, like, he, he he's training you to be his ally and stuff, to defeat this betrayer, who seems to be, it seems to be the guy from the first game. Like, you are going to, you're kind of being trained by the dealer to, like, battle the, the guy, the previous hero. And it's, it's, like, I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. Um, they also added some cool stuff, like companions, that you can decide, like, who you want with you, and they have their own story quests. Um, like, the first guy was, like, uh, a bard who who ended up being like he's kind of a con man and and tricked a bunch of thieves into working for him but also he owes people money and there's a lot of cool stuff with him and then then I just unlocked this kind of like um brutish uh warrior guy who's apparently been exiled from his people and there's also, like, wars going... There's, like, a lot going on in this uh, game's universe. I'm very intrigued to find out more. Uh, it also has Twitch integration, which I love. Um, people mm -hmm. people watching can vote on, like... They can be like, does... Uh, every eight turns, um, or every eight, you know, steps I do, uh, something will happen based on what they voted. So, like, they can be like, give him ten max health, or... He loses 10 coins, or he loses 10 food, or something. It, and there's some stuff that I don't know what it does. Those are kind of the more obvious ones. Um, so it's fun for them to kind of uh, interact with the game. And they can also help me, like, they can vote on the choices I make. Like, do I help this kid? And I can click a button, and they'll go into chat of, like, what do you guys think we should do? So it's fun. I'm excited to play more of that. Uh, I've also... Got Sonic Generations on the Steam sale. Um, that game is both very good, but not as good as I remember it being. Because it was... I remember it being very, very good. It's just kind of good now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I like the 3D levels more than the 2D levels, but some of the 2D levels are pretty good. But uh, the City Escape level is by far the best. Um, and I have been, I've messed around a little bit with Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion, which is a free... Spooky's House of Jump Scares? Uh, I believe I typed it as it read on, um, Steam. Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion? Is that not the proper Oh, maybe that's the second one. Uh, well, yeah, so the... They did a remake of it, like a paid remake with new graphics. Oh, okay. Um, Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion for you to play on Steam. Yeah. So that's the one I've been playing, and it's, it's got some uh, interesting stuff. It's actually really, like, it's simple graphics, but it uh, does cool stuff, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, it's It's kind of spooky. When Markiplier played it, it was Spooky's House of Jump Scares. Also, it looks like when Polygon played it. So maybe they changed it for the Steam. I mean, the the start screen will... I, I think it says that the first time you play it. But also, every time you load up the game, the, the start screen changes. Like, the description changes. Right. I'm wondering if that includes the DLC. Because I know that they had a DLC after... Markiplier played it, I, which I know sounds like a really dumb way. To, but that's the only way I know that game, though. Is Mark? I watched Markiplier play it a long time ago. I I know that they did a paid graphics like remake. Like they they. Right, I can see the paid graphics. It's just Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion HD. Yeah, I'm wondering if Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion includes the DLC they added afterward. Which nice. didn't cost anything. It was just extra content they added. I have no idea. I do not know anything about... I saw a little bit of Griffin McElroy play it one time. Um, and him being very spooked. And it, that was him kind of doing one a, a cut of him jumping around and uh, stuff. So. Yeah, on Polygon, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a few monsters in. I'm like... I respect the, <laughs> I like the the little ones that just jump out because early on you're like, oh this is chill, but then that added on to the really freaky monsters is like, no I actually hate these now. Those were cute at the beginning, but now that there's like, the scary stuff chasing me constantly, fuck these, <laughs> fuck these and everything associated with them. Um, so that's what I've been playing. I'm excited about most of those things to play more. Sonic Generations, I don't know if I'm going to play again. I, see, Sonic Generations does some, like, the the base storyline is kind of cool, and those things are really cool. But once you play through, like, three stages, you'll get to a boss, and they'll be like, you need to unlock the boss by playing three, like, bonus modes or play a bonus mode in each stage i'm like i don't want like i played the stages just let me do continue the story i don't want to play additional stuff like that should be something for people who want to do can do that don't force it uh Mm -hmm. that's that's the thing that like bugs me the most about sonic generations otherwise i pretty much like it but this brings us to the news 
dun dun dun. Where's Teddy when we need a hot theme song? He didn't do a theme song. He did a drum solo. That's and not th- a song. And then he said the word news, but in a song voice. No, he just said okay. news. Darian, give me a theme song for news. No. <laughs> okay. I'm not a monkey. I will not dance for you on command. Okay. Well, then, Darian, tell me about PS4's greatest hits line. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, Sony decided to introduce the PlayStation hits line on the PlayStation 4. Um, it's going to come out with the red label like it used to. Um, I know that they're they're already out now, I think, right? Yeah, they've come out by now. This came out, like, right after the show was posted last. Um, the list that's available in the U.S. right now contains Battlefield 4, Bloodborne, Doom, Drive Club, Infamous Second Son, Killzone, Shadowfall, The Last of Us Remastered, Little Big Planet 3, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Definitive Experience, Project Cars, Ratchet and Clank, Street Fighter V, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, Yakuza O, and Yakuza Kiwami. Um, and they're released at the $19.99 price point starting June 28th. Um, there's only 14 in Canada, but all of all of the 15 games I just listed are available right now. You can get them in the red case. Red label. I don't know if the case is red, actually. That was something I was wondering. I think I think bringing back that line is very good. Like, you, if anybody asks, like, what are good PS4 games to start with, like the point them there. Just look for this label. These are like the greatest hits, and they're cheap, yeah. and they're they're like they're like my first PS4 games uh, for people just jumping in now. Well, I've never played any of these except for the little like Big Planet Three. <laughs> Well, this Actually. this is your chance. How do you f- now? I've got to. They're only twenty bucks. Um, anything else to just excited about this new development in the PlayStation life cycle? You're making a face. Um, I'm reading the article again. Feature red packaging instead of the traditional blue. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Um. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. PlayStation Hits launch lineup will feature 15 games in the U.S. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's an edit afterward. I just said that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, that's exciting news. I don't have a segue. The World Health Organization is now classifying gaming disorder, or is adding gaming disorder to its globally recognized recognized compendium of medical conditions and diagnosis uh diagnoses yeah uh you might be asking what is gaming disorder uh here is bullshit okay here's how it's defined gaming disorder is characterized by a pattern of persistent or recurrent gaming behavior digital gaming or video gaming may be online, i.e. over the internet, or offline, manifest by 1. Impaired control of impaired control over gaming, uh, onset, frequency, intensity, duration, termination, context. It sounds like uh, a thing. Um, 2. Increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests 
and daily activities. Three, continuation or escalation of gaming despite the consequences of negative consequences. The behavior pattern is of sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. The pattern of gaming behavior may be continuous or epidemic and recurrent. The gaming behavior and other features are not normally evident over a period of time of at least 12 months, and in order for a diagnosis to be assigned, an uh oh must the they must be evident for a period of over 12 months in order for a diagnosis to be assigned although the required duration may be shortened if all diagnostic requirements are met and symptoms are severe it's like i get it i do like it's just addiction yeah it is it's addiction um and i adding uh, a special title to it just makes it so like, oh, do you have a gaming disorder? Like, now it's going to be like, oh, you play a lot of games? You must be addicted. I mean, I feel like this came up before, and I th- I think this was just researchers looking into it when we last heard about it. And honestly, like, people were, s- I mean, people were like, no, that's dumb. But also people were like, this is actually somewhat a good thing because it allows people with this addiction to be able to get help because they're like not so much here in America, but like in like Asian countries. I I know in Korea, there's been confirmed cases of people gaming themselves to death. Because yes. Yeah. Completely throughout all other. Yeah. Care, personal care. They, they will just go to a gaming cafe. People have been found at a gaming cafe having died from not eating or drinking and just being played for playing StarCraft for long enough to just die. Um, and yeah, that would be... I mean, that would be a, being addicted to that game. Um, but... Like... That's still, like, it's still addiction. If it takes, and and what I find interesting is that they, like, it needs to be at least a year for the diagnosis to be inside, for you to so, show these symptoms for at least a year. Like, how, it, I don't know how, how this relates to other addictive things like uh, gambling, um, like if it's similar, uh, but... So, uh, on the other hand, like, a lot of people who, like, research this say, you know, just adding it at this point, there's not enough research to back up that this is an actual thing. Mm, I feel like there's actually an argument to be made there, because, like... You can be addicted to a certain video game not gaming as a whole and exhibit these symptoms like all right a new game came out and i'm exhibiting these symptoms for you know a month while i finish this game but once i'm done with this game like life goes back to normal well i mean what i the other thing about this is that like gaming online especially like if you are prioritized in playing games with your friends is that, you know, you're 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 being social with your friends, and obviously there's you know there can be a 
a cost to, you know, you're not working or whatever, and there's probably something else going on in your life that's causing you to withdraw uh, in that way, but there's other reasons you could be gaming than you have gaming disorder like you're probably withdrawing mm-hmm. from your life for some reason um and and gaming's just the outlet that you you've chosen and it's 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 nice because it's an active outlet to allow you to kind of pull back because like you can't you can't make the world disappear as much by like watching tv mhm um, but when you're like playing a game, you're like fully absorbed in that, and um, it's it's easier to forget everything else. But I, I'm not a gaming researcher. I'm I'm not psychologist. I'm not, you know, I I honestly can't really have a say in this. I I have not seen the extreme cases. I've seen people gaming. I've seen people who have gamed a lot but like should should it be its own thing i'm gonna leave that to the experts but does this really if it is a thing is it bad if they say gaming disorder is a a, a thing like you know treated the same as gambling a gambling addiction is that bad for gaming i don't think so I I think it's good for people who suffer from these specific conditions and doesn't really affect anybody else who enjoys the hobby. It's like you can safely gamble. There are people who can't and they need to be aware of that and they need to uh seek help when when the you know it becomes a problem and maybe this is just going to allow people who have those very few people who will get addicted to gaming allow them resources to get help get counseling for gaming mm-hmm. addiction if they have it um but i guess i guess we'll let the researchers and scientists kind of decide if it's really a thing because there seems to be a lot of argument going on there and i don't feel qualified to say one way or another Mm-hmm. Darian, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Whatever happened with that whole uh, player unknowns battlegrounds suing Fortnite thing? Well, you see, PUBG Corp dropped the suit, and that's it. It's over. Okay. They gave up. But you were so sure that they were like they did the bad things and then they were gonna win and it was. Gonna I be thought great. they had ground to stand on, but the timing was wrong, as Teddy had said. Teddy, the timing was the t- Teddy was very poor, and mm-hmm. you know PUBG didn't want to risk losing all of their fan base that were also Fortnite players. Are they? Yeah, losing their respect of people. I'm not sure that many people play both. There's a few people that play both. I think there's I a, a few, few. I have a lot of friends that play both. I think there's a few people Most who play Most of my both. friends play both. <laughs> I have one friend and my boyfriend who also, refused to play Fortnite. Also, can we talk Fortnite. about how Buckwild... Like, Fortnite's got some weird stuff going... 
going on over there, and it's kind of intriguing. Like we don't have to talk about Fortnite, but the the PUBG no, I, I want to talk about the whole against Fortnite has been dropped. Okay, but Fortnite, like they had the whole like they had the Morse code thing, and then they had the like they had the asteroid hit, but not where they thought, and then they're like a city got built up over time, um, and then now like a rocket took off. They've got game. a really cool lore. Yeah, they're kind of building... In their, in their world. They're kind of building this, like, active lore. Like, it, it makes you want to play more. And I don't play at all, but I just see it happening. It's one of those, like, things like EVE Online where you just hear stories and be like, that seems really cool, but I don't like playing this. Um, I'm intrigued to see... Like, I saw the video of the rocket taking off. I See, I saw the video of the rocket taking off as the guy... There was a player who, like, everybody built this giant ramp to watch the rocket take off. And all of them were just standing on the ramp looking as the rocket took off and and stuff. And one player destroyed the ramp from under them and got, like, the highest solo kill streak ever by just killing all of... Because they all dropped and got all of these kills, um from these people watching the rocket and it's super douchey but i guess you do what you do is there a way that you could find that yeah just uh search like solo kill record plus rocket launch it's a little oh here we go it's a little 48 kills yeah and (gasps) and also the kid the the dude who did it is very bad at the game He's got very low uh, KD record and stuff. He's just opportunistic. Um, But yeah, some interesting things happening over at Fortnite. Um, Darian's currently clicking on things. Um, I'm trying to find the exact moment. It's near the end of the video. Okay. Um... But I'm going to tell you a little bit about Pokemon Go's developer. Uh, Niantic is working on new AR technology uh, that is going to... So, basically most AR technology just has the thing just kind of appear in the world on top of of, uh, your camera. It doesn't really recognize what's there. But Niantic is working on occlusion technology that basically they're going to recognize what your camera's seeing. They can see like, oh, that's a bench, that's a person. And like Pikachu will walk behind a person. Basically, they're just going to hide the image of of Pikachu as, as it proceeds behind that object. But it, it's going to be actively recognizing these objects and allow it to move around. What does that mean for the game? I don't know. Probably nothing. I, like, honestly, I don't think that many people play with AR on because it makes the game harder. And and it kills your phone faster. Yeah. And, uh, and it's garbage. This techno- the demo they showed is not really relevant to the gameplay. Um, unless they're going to add some new features to it, but it's cool that they're messing with this technology, and maybe we'll see it uh, used in the future in interesting ways. Maybe 
not in this game, but maybe in other, maybe future product projects from them, and maybe future things from this game. Um, just a cool thing happening. But another cool thing happening in Pokemon Go is this Saturday, uh, the, no, this Sunday? It's the July 8th from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, will be the Squirtle, uh, Community Day in Pokemon Go, and the game will feature Squirtles wearing the Squirtle sunglasses seen in the Pokemon anime, uh, the Squirtle Squad, as they say, <laughs> will be in the game with the glasses, and it's going to be great, and people are excited. Are you excited, Darian? I'm excited. Okay. That was the one thing that I had mentioned that people were wanting based on the Facebook groups that I'm in. So I'm sure that fans will rejoice because they're getting what they wanted. Um, do you think people wanted a Halo TV show? I'm sure some people did. I'm not sure these people did. You know, you and me. I guess I don't know what you feel. I don't... I never got into Halo, so I, I'm not here nor there about it, but I know it's a big deal. I played a few random Halo games, and I don't remember the story being that good or interesting. I remember them doing some stuff, but like I don't think anybody has been playing Halo for the story. Maybe. I know that fans, I think Rooster Teeth specifically did it, the red versus blue I mean that's thing that they that they made separately. <laughs> yeah, they they made that thing, and that's well, that started off as comedy, but then actually after like a few seasons, it kind of got more serious. I haven't seen it all, but I do know that like they got a whole CGI team, and things got a mm-hmm. little buck wild. They got serious about it. Yeah, um, but the actual Halo stuff, I've never been intrigued to learn more about what's going on with Master Chief, but I do know they have books and stuff like that, but not, I don't know. Tell well, me if you have a book, you can make a TV show. Also, there have been like mini series and stuff that they've made and nobody liked them. But I guess Showtime's taking a crack at it. Tell me about that, Darian. What? Tell me about this Halo TV show being made by Showtime. Uh they're doing it the first episode or each episode will be an hour long production is set for early 2019 um quote from showtime president and ceo david nevins is halo is our most ambitious series ever and we expect audiences who have been anticipating it for years to be thoroughly rewarded this vision of halo will enthrall fans of the game while also drawing the uninitiated into a world of complex characters that populate this unique universe. <sighs> so, yeah, they're doing it. It's going to be produced by Showtime in, associ- in association with Microsoft and 343 Industries and Steven Spielberg's Amblin Television, along with Killen, Rupert Wyatt, Wyatt b- b- there's some Scott p- Pennington. There's some people. Lots of names. Lots, lots of guys. Lots of... Wow. Lots of men. I don't see any women in this whole <laughs> article. Okay. I I don't... I'm sure if Teddy was here, he would 
have lots of feelings. I know Teddy has been a big Halo boy. I don't know if he's cared about the story. I just know he likes the multiplayer. But maybe he's real excited to see Halo on the small screen again for like the 10th time because there's been some very unsuccessful Halo things that no one likes. But they'll try again with Steven Spielberg and it's going to go bad. I'm calling it now. It's going to go bad. Darian, chubby hamster. Okay, so Overwatch announced their next hero and he's a chubby hamster. Is he he's chubby? Basically, yeah, he's basically Hamtaro in a wrecking ball. His name is Hammond and he's a wrecking ball. <laughs> It's a mech. He's it's a little hamster in a mech. And it's so cute. He's Hamataro. Okay. Uh he is a tank <laughs> character. He I guess is more of a pestering tank. Um I don't think he he's able to do some accurate shots. Like he's got um he's kind of diva esque. Um, but he's able to be more accurate. He can kind of get headshots with his turrets. Um, he also is very mobile. He can go into his little ball, and he also has, like, a slingshot, so he can turn into a wrecking ball. And also, so he can do... He can turn into the ball, do a slingshot into the air, and then do a ground pound um, with it, and then kind of, like... So, say the other team's, like, grouped up, um, he can, he's actually really good for kind of entering the, the, the scenario where like the team, the other teams kind of grouped up, like he'll, he can s f come in from the sky by doing a little slingshot and then ground pound in. And he also has a shield that is more powerful based on if it's triggered with more enemies around. Um, so if there's several enemies around, he, he gets kind of more shield. Um, so it definitely, uh, he, he's a character that you're going to want to kind of get into the meat, like get in, in there, uh, and then get out, which is, is allowed, uh, by his kind of mobility with his ball. Um, I don't really play Overwatch, but I watched a video beforehand to stay informed for, to tell you, our dear listeners. Darian, do you know anything about the gameplay of Hamtaro? I did not. <laughs> Do you know anything about the lore? Uh, the lore of Hamtaro? The lore of Chubby Hamster. Of Hammond? Yes. Well... Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. He's a missing specimen of the same place that Winston came from. The yes. Horizon Lunar Colony. He is a super smart um, hamster made made from the same people who made uh who's who's the monkey winston Win who made Win winston uh super smart <laughs> but but he's he's a hamster brought to you by the same people who made ha uh, uh winston so apparently the 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 animals revolted and like shot the researchers who who like enhanced them into space but it actually, like, I, I heard that after, before I watched the kind of lore trailer for him. And it actually made me super sad because, like, it's narrated by one of the researchers. 
and he's like seems like really like excited and happy about Hammond and is like oh Hammond's always getting up to no good I'm excited to see what he does next and then like I'm just thinking like it probably like murdered you next that's probably what he got up to next <laughs> um but yeah it's uh I actually like I would want to play him one of these days I'm gonna buy this overwatch game that all the kids talk about and maybe I'll play this character named Hammond the hamster and I'll be a little ball and I'll get in there and I'll shoot the guys and then I'll get murdered because I don't know how to play video games very good and it's gonna be a great time I'm excited. I'm not going to play him because I don't play Overwatch anymore, but he's very cute and I love him. Why don't you play Overwatch anymore? What happened? Because I'm very bad at it and it makes me feel bad. Okay. I'd much rather play League of Legends and feel bad about that because I've been doing it for so long that I'm a little bit desensitized to it. Overwatch is still new enough that it's like, I will never be good at this game and I'm not okay with that. I'm not playing it. This brings us to the topic of the show. Last time we asked you, how do you feel about Beyond Good and Evil 2 asking people to help them make things for the game? How do you feel about creatives having to compete for a chance to get paid for a from a huge game studio? So if you don't know, at E3, they, um, they showed off a little bit of Beyond Good and Evil 2, and then they were like... You can help us make the game by providing art and music and radio stuff, stuff to be on the radio, um, through Hit Record, which is uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's thing. Um, So people are going to be able to go there and try and submit stuff to get into the game. And, And I will say that they do pay people, but... It's, it is what creatives call spec work, which is basically a contest, kind of, where you have to create the designs for a chance to get paid, for a chance for them to become something. And, and this is, like, this is a triple A game. This is from a big game studio asking fans to help them make the game. How do you feel about that, Darian? Are they actually saying, like, hey, help us develop the game? Or are they saying, hey, add extra Easter eggs? Because it sounds like Easter eggs. Well, basically, it sounds like help us make assets for the game. Help us. But only in, like, art and music. So it's like, all right, I'm playing the game. Like, there's posters up, and there's a poster. That's a fan Okay. That's I guess that's what I'm interpreting. Yeah, that is what is, is the case. I mean, How... so if it's that, because what I was originally thinking this was about was like, oh, we can't make the game. Send us portions of the game. <laughs> Like, ah, help us actually develop the game because we Send can't do code. it. Send us the code. We don't know how to code. We just... Send us coding. <laughs> we, we're a AAA game studio. We made the first game, but we can't figure this one out. Please help. So, no, so, okay. So, there's a difference between, like, asking, like, help us make the game and being like, hey, we'll pay you. To put your cool shit in as Easter eggs. Like, I feel like that's what they're doing, and I think that's kind of (sighs) cool. Okay. Because it's not like, oh, we can't do it. It's like, 
fan integration. Like, you made fan art and we're putting it in the game and we're going to pay you for it because that's how legal stuff works. Well, I mean, they don't have to. They just apparently hit... Rec- they don't have to. Hit Record has a, a record of paying people um, uh, before. I don't know if really it's Joseph and Gordon-Levitt who's doing the paying or Ubisoft or where the money is coming. Um, but this this is work that would have been done by a graphics team or a music team. This would be stuff that a normal game studio would do themselves. Like, and now they're asking fans to do it. And honestly, my theory on what's happening is that, like, they announced this game a long, long time ago, and then it just went silent. And I almost feel like Ubisoft doesn't really want to fully back it. Um, and so the team who's doing it is just trying to make it happen. Like, they're like, we can't, they're not really giving us a budget. We're just going to try and make, like, we're going to ask fans to help us make it. Uh, obviously they can't send us code like Darian wants, but they can, (laughs) they can provide assets instead of paying for somebody to make music. We can just ask fans to do it and we can throw them pennies to the dollar of what we'd pay an actual designer. And we get to, we get to pick from all of these people who have designed or made music and be like, Oh, we like this one. Whereas a, a designer, you, you know, You'd, you'd pay them by the hour or by the, you know, thing, and, and maybe it's going to take several drafts and stuff, whereas as something like spec work, where you're doing a contest, that you you have to just create the thing and send it out there and hope that's what they want, and the person on the other end gets to pick from all of these designs with only having to pay for one. They get to pay for the one they like the most, whereas a normal thing, one person would create several drafts until they find the perfect one for the the uh, project, and they would get paid for it all. Whereas uh, the other spec work, only one person gets paid, despite lots of people doing work. Um, what, and, and what th- uh, solidifies this theory for me is Giant Bomb did a demo for Beyond Getting Evil 2 at E3, and they were talking about like all of these worlds you'd be able to visit and stuff. And w- somebody asked them how many worlds were going to be in the game. And they were like, depends on how much time we get. Oh, so it's Is there a release date set. No, no. It seems like they're just trying to like scrap together. Like somebody at Ubisoft just had a dream to make Beyond Go and Evil 2. And they're just trying to scrap together the game any way they can. So, just reading the development page on the Wikipedia shows me that there was a lot of rumors early on in, like, the pre-development stage before they actually started developing the game, and, like, stuff that was leaked early on wasn't official. Like, they they had a specific direction, um, but they didn't, they hadn't been backed, so, like, it didn't count, and then they did get backed, and then they gave up. They gave an a gave a trailer in E three twenty seventeen, and I believe, as far as I can tell, that's the only official trailer. There was where was the teaser? Where when did they put out the Beyond Good and Evil two teaser? 
Because there was rumors from like 2007 until like oh, 2016. Okay, when but they... one E3, they put out a teaser. A screenshot of May 2008 teaser trailer. In May 2008, they put out a teaser of like with. It was a very short, C, completely CGI thing, and it ended with Beyond Good and Evil 2. And that was and like. And that was le- leaked. I. I, it was shown. People, was it leaked or I, I? I remember it being shown at E3. I think. Hold on. Da-da-da. Ansel said in May two thousand eight interview, Beyond Good and Evil in pre production and had yet to be later. Da-da-da. Blah blah blah. I leaked. Okay. Well, we saw this thing. So. That's what I'm saying. Like the official announcement didn't come until E3 20. Well, the first official trailer from the game didn't come till E3 2017. They confirmed it, I believe, in E uh, in 2016 based on what this is saying. Um, but like they haven't actually been officially working on the game. Like they weren't greenlit. Well, it it seems. <sighs> It seems like they haven't really been officially greenlit now. Like, if they're just showing it and asking asking for help from fans, basically. I don't, I don't, like... Like, it, it seems kind of shitty. Uh, if there was, like, get your one specific design in. This one thing can be yours, but they're asking for lots of things that they're... D- team should be doing like they're major assets you know sure it could be a thing on a wall but that stuff that your designers should be doing they also ask for music things their designer that that is stuff their people would typically be doing so at e3 last year and they were still at day zero for the game's development according to ansel because they were working on developing a yeah. solar simulation or solar system simulation tool. I remember, I remember seeing them showing like little bits of things at the la- last time we saw it, and I was like, "That's nothing. You have nothing." And like they were yeah, like, "They're they have nothing. That's why they're doing this." Yeah. At least this time around, when they showed it, it was like, "Oh, I see. It looks like a thing." Like they they, mm-hmm. they had the big CGI trailer again, which was. Like, okay, you paid somebody to make CGI for you, but the actual gameplay stuff that we saw was like, okay, that looks like a game. That looks mm-hmm. like you have something. And from what I hear, it's it's still rough, but at least they, they're starting to create something there. So to be clear, you're cool with it. To be clear, the premise that paying a fan to put gimmicky little things in the game like as fan art or like little easter eggs that's cool to me define easter asking eggs asking someone like in portal 2 or portal you can find the radios in every level and there's a specific channel you can go to on those radios that plays the portal theme song okay that's an Easter egg. That's cheesy. It doesn't do anything for the gameplay. Okay. It doesn't change how the game plays out. It's just fun little things you can find. Okay. Like, this would be like posters on the wall and stuff that add to the aesthetic of the world. Okay. Like in like in Fallout, how there's like advertisements for cheesy little things? Like No, just like, I mean, 
everything it's hard it's hard to describe what how a world like the way a world feels is is due to everything in it like you look mm-hmm. around a poster on the wall is as much part of the game as the story because it's the setting so they're asking for you to make wall graffiti for them and that is as much defining the world as the characters. The characters are part of the world as much as that poster. And you're going to look at that poster and maybe someone's going to go, this is, I love touches like this to this world. And that's not going to be something Ubisoft made. That's going to be something a fan made. And I feel like that doesn't take away from it. That's more fan integration. Okay. That's like, I got to be a part of this game that I love and care about and I put time and effort into the first time around so now my fan art is in the game something that I put time and effort into is in the game and I got paid for it I don't see anything wrong with that okay that's like that's like if I submitted a really cool like diva fan art to Blizzard and they're like hey we want to make this a spray so that players can use this okay Darian you remember the conversation we had uh, when Alex O'Neill was here about Microsoft replacing their support team with fans? The the news story about that. That's this, That's not what they're doing, though. This is kind of the same thing, but with your graphics and sound department. It's Insta- not. Do it, they have a graphics and sound department that they were replacing? Do they already have people filling those roles? Because from what it sounds like, they don't. They're not replacing that work. They are hiring outside. It's not the same. It's not, we made you train free work and then fired you to use this free work. It is, we didn't have those positions filled. Hey, would you like to contribute to the game? To make this game, they would have to have those positions. So instead of creating those, having those jobs, they're instead having fans do those jobs. But they're being paid, and they're not replacing anyone with it. But nobody's getting an hourly wage, and no, like, I guess... If I work for commission, like emote artists on Twitch, people who create different... okay. Things on Twitch, they work on commission. They don't work on hourly. They work for a set amount for that piece. But that's for that piece. Imagine imagine creating a bunch of emotes and submitting them to Twitch. And and this is... Twitch puts out a contest of, hey, we're going to make a new emote. Send us uh, emotes and we'll we'll pick one person and they, they win a prize. And thousands of designers spend thousands of hours making emotes and one person gets paid. That's how contests work. Yes, and that's shitty. Designers are very much against spec work, i.e. contests. Because that's a lot of people getting not getting paid for the work they're doing. Whereas a normal thing, you do it you do work, you get paid. If if someone said, Hey, go serve beer as a contest, like we're gonna have a bunch of people come in and serve beer and and the best one is the one that gets paid. And so you're doing you're doing the same work that a designer would do, but without with the possibility of maybe getting paid. That's like American Idol. Like, okay, you get to go and you're going to be on TV. We're like you're going to be there. You're going to your work is going to be shown, 
right? Like people are going to see you and recognize you and know you, but only one person's going to win. But that's not exactly true because like if you actually have talent and if people actually appreciate you, regardless of if you win like the big prize, like your stuff is yeah. out there now. Yes. People are talking about you now. That's how that works. Yes, but that's like, not... Now, now people are talking about you and your work is out there and like you can be recognized in different ways. Okay, but that's not how that's going to work with this. And for one... Somebody looks at your art in the game. Are they going to know it's your art? If they hear your song, that you you're not you might be getting I who I don't know what their pay rate hit record is going to pay you, but um are ours is are you getting exposure? Like it's not exposure, it's not a fair pay rate. What do you This is not as someone who does designed things i can totally see so many people getting screwed because i guess i mean they're jumping at the chance to be part of a big triple a game whereas a team of designers should be doing this work and getting paid fairly and getting health care and getting benefits that a full triple a uh team team should get but instead they're getting giving fans pennies on the dollar to be included in a game franchise they liked. I I, I guess I just see it differently. I don't okay. know. I get I well. To me, it's like this is a contest. There's only so many winners, and I feel like I'm not as much of a like a personal designer. Like I I don't have the patience to teach myself how to draw or design or do music or anything like that. I, I don't do that. So I don't have a personal, like, I, I don't have the same type of experience in that. But to me, it just looks like I'm excited for a chance to be in my game or in this game that I care about. I might get paid for them putting my thing in it. And I feel like that's, if if I was able to design something for Kingdom Hearts 3 and I just had one dumb little poster in Twilight Town and it was about the uh, the struggle tournament that they do, right? And I just got to design one poster and it was in Kingdom Hearts 3. Even if nobody knew who I was, I would be ecstatic that my shit is in that game because of how much I care about that game. Like... I get it. I'm sure they're still going to have a full design team for both of those aspects because they're not going to be able to use just fan-related st- or fan-made stuff to create the entire game. It just feels like an Easter egg submission to me. Okay, I guess we'll have to see how much gets made up. Oh, I mean, like, there's a lot of things that people have questions about, uh, but there, mo- I've seen a lot of people in the creative community ver- have a strong backlash about this due to the way it kind of works. Um, and I guess I've seen re- reactions both ways. Uh, but next time, no, and also nobody submitted and told us what they thought, so we can't get any <laughs> third opinions. You're just going to hear me and Darian uh, yell at each other. Um, next time, uh, has Sony's decision to not support cross-platform play with other consoles, despite Microsoft and Nintendo's full support, affected where you play your games? Also, do you think this will hurt them going into the next console console generation if they don't reverse their decisions? 
Send your responses uh, at readysetgamecast.com slash submit. Darian, can you take us to the questions? Hell yeah, let's do the questions. And comments. So do you want to be a part of the show? Go to readysetgamecast.com forward slash submit to submit a question, comment, or your favorite soda for us to read on the show. Um, so there were some people who saw the question late last time, but I feel like we're going to, I felt like including their comments, uh, last, anyway, about, about, oh, okay. about their favorite E3 announcements. Okay. So Adam Wells said, my favorite E3 announcement was Killer Queen Black. Can't wait to play that on my Switch. I think that game is going to be huge. I've heard good things and- about the arcade game. Yeah, I don't. I feel, we talked about that last time, didn't we? Uh, vaguely. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Um, your boy pansexual penguin, who's my man, Cameron. He's my good friend. Uh, said his favorite E3 announcement had to be Smash Brothers Ultimate. Feels bad, no Waluigi though. Which is a real feels bad. Yep. It's a travesty. My favorite coaster has Waluigi on it. Here's the thing. People keep saying Waluigi's not in the game. He is in the game. He's just a... No- he's not a playable character. He's not a playable character. That's what people are upset about. Yeah. He's also never been a playable character, so... Yeah. That's why he's not in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yuri Gaspar said, A thought and a question. With Sony so often looking to disappoint us, see Forkknife... Is the messaging the fans are sending about name changes wrong? Should we be saying, no, please don't let us change our names? The idea being that Sony is actually a small child and that reverse psychology should work on them. Uh, I think, I mean, Sony is making stupid decisions when it comes to the cross, uh, cross-play stuff, which we'll talk about next time. Uh, the name changes, I, I get why it doesn't work. I understand the technical reasons. I mm-hmm. also know that they're trying their hardest to basically rewrite their entire architecture to mm-hmm. allow this because they made some stupid decisions when they first start created the PlayStation Network and it's preventing them from... They put themselves in a little hole... And they keep trying to dig themselves out, but it's just getting deeper. And they're just trying so hard to just get out of the hole, and they can't. I mean, it will. It is honestly a good sign for Sony that like one of big people's biggest complaints about the console is that they can't change their names. Like they're. If, as opposed to as opposed to i mean xbox people are like what why, what's to play over here there's no there's <laughs> nothing worth playing like there there's a lot of things that people could be upset over and the fact that they can't change their name is is pretty low on the list and but sony's trying for that one at least crossplay people need to keep yelling and eventually sony's going to crack I do love, I do love the commercial uh, Nintendo and Microsoft made, just like digging at them, <laughs> like trying to get them to break. And 
I'm actually like I'm curious to see what Microsoft and Sony want out of it. Like, I guess I guess they want access to the players, um, but it seems like it helped game companies more than it helped the other consoles. Because then, you know, for Fortnite would get all of these players all playing together, all spending money together and stuff. I, I guess, I guess like somebody wouldn't buy f- uh, a game on like Minecraft on the Switch if all their friends play on PlayStation because they want to play with their friends. So they kind of want if if the other company like if crossplay is across the board maybe Microsoft and Sony think that more people will play on their systems because they'll still get to play with their PlayStation friends. We'll see. I really think if people want to play games with their friends they shouldn't do it on console. Well, <laughs> that that is the thing that PlayStation or that PC is compatible with everything. You can play Yep. on PlayStation, you can play on Xbox, you can do it on all PC but some people just don't like PCs. Uh, that is all the questions and comments. Uh, time for housekeeping. Go to readysetgamecast.com for links to the podcast on all your favorite podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as the video version on youtube.com slash thelastgeek. Also, seriously, guys, I say this every time, but I mean it this time. If you like this show... Please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes and Stitcher. It helps us grow and become more powerful. Um, Darian, what other stuff should people think about? Other Last Geek stuff. So, this is your regular reminder that Game Make Corp has a new episode. And... It's an episode that features the very last episode featuring <laughs> just regular old Dr. Becker's. No. Because she's about to evolve. No, we did we did three recordings that What? Yeah, there are three unreleased no, two unreleased recordings. It's uh, not the last one. I yeah. lied to you. Okay. Whatever. Game Make Corp is out. It's cool. Go listen to it. Our next episode for this much far superior podcast, Ready Set Gamecast. Um, our next episode is on July sixteenth. Is the recording? And we will have a guest. What is the recording? July sixteenth is the recording. Is the recording? Okay. It'll be available on July twentieth, okay. hopefully. And our very special guest will be Penguin Von Penguin. A kind of funny best friend. He's a kind of funny best friend. I'm not a kind of funny best friend, so like... You're the only one. I'm the only person so far that is not a kind of funny best friend. My only association is that I am in this podcast. (laughs) You keep like meeting all these people from the community and you're like, who's Greg Miller? (laughs) I don't... Yep. Um, his Twitter is twitter.com forward slash penguin v penguin. And if you want to find out more about him before you meet this beautiful man or woman, I'm not He's a man. assuming their gender. It's a man. Uh, yeah. It's a person. Go to twitter.com forward slash penguin v penguin. I also forgot to put this in the, uh, in the outline 
but I am also going to be a guest on Caitlin Galee's Rose podcast called The Adventure Log. It's a monthly podcast that she does where she talks about, uh, I think the tagline is like the stories from video games. Ah, the stories of video games give I don't know. It's a really cool podcast. I'm going to be in it. There's like five episodes. Go listen to them. They're all on iTunes and Google Play, I think she said. Anyway, Adventure Log. I'm going to be on it. We record that. Do you know when it comes soon. out? Soon. Oh. I know that they... Soon. I don't want to say the exact date because I don't want to give her any like time restrictions. But okay. she also had mentioned that... um viewer or her patrons get access to the recordings early so yeah go check out caitlin gillies route she was our guest in the last episode and she's a super awesome girl and we're best friends now okay well where can people find more from you darian <gasps> me well you can find me at dexterity.com D-E-X-T-E-R-I-D-E-E dot com. You can also find me at twitch.tv forward slash dexterity. Twitter handle is dexterity. Instagram is dexterity. Facebook, I'm dexterity. I'm just dexterity everywhere. It's super cool. Except for Snapchat. That's okay, though. What about you, Bryce? Uh, Last Geek on Twitter. Last Geek Plays on Twitch. Last Geek Plays on Instagram. LastGeek.com. LostGeek.com. That is the entirety of this episode of Ready, Set, Gamecast. There's been a lot of tense conversations, but that's over now. And We're ne- all friends here. Next time, you will be seeing more of Teddy Chineris, because he's the best, and we all love him. Um, and also, I love you, and I will see you again next time. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 <laughs>